Hello and welcome to Beauty Guides Podcast. You can find us at Beauty Guides Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We are two beauty industry professionals discussing makeup, skincare, sometimes even self-care. My name is Kelsey. I'm a licensed esthetician and educator. You can find me on Instagram at Kelsey's Aesthetics. I'm Lauren. I'm a licensed cosmetologist and a freelance hair and makeup artist. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren H. Beauty Vibes. Today's topic is contouring. friends and welcome back to the podcast. Um, so Lauren, I did something really exciting. I got a lash lift and I wanted to talk about this. Have you ever had one? I have not, but I want to hear all about it. Okay. So first of all, this is totally up your alley and I'm really surprised you haven't had one yet because I know you like, I know you're not scared to play around, to play around with Mm -mm, these different mm -mm. things. So I have done lash lifts, but, um, I very rarely, I mean, I haven't had one in, years because I'm always the one doing them. Don't you feel like that? Like you do everybody's makeup. No one ever does your makeup. I never get services (laughs) done. And I'm not one of those people that on my days off, like treats myself to like a spa because I'm like, I want to be nowhere around it. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I, so, um, I taught my students and I have one student who she, is um, just killing it with brows and um, brow lamination, which is essentially the lash lift, the same products, but to the brows and then also Mm -hmm. lash lifts. And she's just picking it up really fast and just kind of has like a natural eye for it because with brows, um, I would say it's kind of similar to contouring. You're sort of looking at shapes of the face and everything like that. So mm-hmm. um, she's been doing so good at these lash lifts. I'm like, okay, I want one. Mama's Gosh, turn now. Gosh, in your area too, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that have good brows because mm-hmm. you have the whole like Hispanic population mm-hmm. there. So I bet she like really is like servicing a ton of people. Um, well, she's still in school. She's still in school. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but it's to think that she is still in school and already this good. I mean, is is she's incredible. Kill it. Yeah. So, okay. So a lash lift. Sometimes it's called a lash perm, and essentially a little plastic piece. It's called a rod, but it's like a half moon shape is glued to your eyelid kind of along the lash line and you keep your eyes closed. The glue is water soluble, so it dissolves with water. Um, And then your eyelashes are brushed up and glued to this rod. And so essentially whatever shape your lashes are glued in is the shape they're going to perm into because a perm and it smells just like my kitchen, my childhood kitchen, when my mom and my sister would perm their hairs, it's that exact no. smell. <laughs> um, like rotten eggs. Yes, it's that exact smell. So the longest part of it, and it takes maybe about 15 minutes, is brushing up your eyelashes to glue them onto that rod um, because you it's really like... Um, if you are someone that likes these little individual, like doing these like little things, um, almost like painting nails or things like that, that require like a little bit of precision, but you get really satisfied when it's a job well done kind of thing. Um, I could do them cause it was only about 15 minutes. I can't do lash extensions cause that's like two hours and like, no, thank you. I do not have the patience for that. Um, mm. so it's about 15 minutes. It feels, it doesn't hurt or anything like that, but it feels like someone is brushing up your lashes while you have your eyes closed. That's it. Mm. So after your eyelashes are glued in position onto this rod, then the perming solution, that rotten egg smell is applied and left <laughs> on for about 10 minutes. And what the perm solution, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it's breaking down the bonds of the hair, Right. So then yep. you can reset them in the direction you want. Absolutely. That's oh, it. Yep. Oh, look at me. You're look at so me. Good. Yes, look at you. <laughs> um, and so then a setting solution is applied, which then sets them in place. And then there's usually some sort of like moisturizing keratin solution to kind of just help condition the lashes. And then you have to keep them um, dry. So then it's all removed, all dissolved with water. And you have to keep your lashes dry for 24 hours to let it sit. And Mm -hmm. let me tell you, so I have long lashes. I have very long lashes. They're blonde, but they're straight. And I never use a lash curler because to be honest, I just can't be bothered. I really just like, I'm lazy. I'm very lazy. And like, I've hurt myself with a lash curler before. Like I've definitely pinched my eyes and like. Yeah, they scare me. 
They scare me, right? Mm-hmm. The amount of mascara I've had to use is minimal. One coat, Ooh. one coat. And I have these long lashes now. And I'm, when, when I did lash lifts, what I realized is most people have pretty long lashes. They're just straight. So you yes. wouldn't know it. And it really just opens up the eye and just gives like just this beautiful effect to the eye. Um, the whole procedure took about maybe 45 minutes. Um, and then sometimes I would do, when I did it, I would do a tint afterwards, which is just tinting the lashes right on that. Um, so, um, and that would take about an hour. So when I did it, I would charge about 60 bucks for the lift. No, I think I charged 65 for the lift and then 80 for a lift and tint. Um, but the lash lift lasts, um, six to eight weeks, depending on your lash. It's, you know, when your lashes fall out essentially, because they grow out and fall out. I didn't realize that it lasted the entire time, basically, Mm -hmm. until the cycle of the lash. I will say, as a makeup artist, they are so annoying for applying lashes, because the lash is so curled up, and, like, Mm. a little, like, individual lash, or, like, Mm -hmm. sometimes a strip of lash, is not as curly as that. So Mm -hmm. the model, um, Emily Jo, that I work with, that tall girl, Mm -hmm. she has them, and I just have not had the patience yet to fully apply a full lash set to her because you know, you can play with her face so much. And I've been wanting to do like a big like lash look. And I'm like, I can't, I can't get in there. It's too curly. Would you be able to like do, what would you do then? The clusters maybe, or no, I would probably um, take a, it it would be tedious. So I would take (laughs) a um, disposable lash wand and I would probably press her lashes down with that and then apply each individual one like where I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, that would be tedious. Yeah, that and would... I just haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Lauren, I think you should go get a lash lift because I think you would love it. <sighs> okay, maybe. Oh, yes. the one thing I will tell <laughs> you is don't wear your contacts that day. Yeah, and yeah. when I used to um tint my lashes and stuff, I really – my eyes are so sensitive. I really just got to take yeah. my glasses everywhere. Well, Absolutely. The, when you do the removal, there's like rubbing. So you just don't want to risk it with the contacts um, and have that thing that you texted me about, your biggest fear. Yes, I was just about to say, <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I think anyone who's a contact wearer will understand this fear, which is the fear of the contact flipping back into your eye and just uh-huh. where does it go does it disappear into your brain like where does it, it where does that's it go what I was thinking when I was talking myself through it because that's my biggest fear and it happened the other day so I had to text <laughs> Kelsey about it but I was just like sitting there like I mean where is it really gonna go where is like, it gonna go? <laughs> like yeah. what is it really gonna do I had it happen to me once where it went to like the top of my eye and I just stood there in the mirror looking at myself being like do I just go straight to the emergency room? Do I just see if it'll come out on its own? Do I just start prying into my eyeball? And then luckily I started crying and it came out. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely very scary. I remember my horoscope or something that day said that I was going to like encounter something very fearful and it was just going to show that I can like nail the challenge. And I'm like, this isn't what I was expecting. Do you, okay, I feel like I've asked you this before. Maybe I haven't. I'm going to ask you it again. What, okay, what does it mean for all of us that it's a new moon right now? What does this mean? Oh, I don't really know. Oh, okay. I've been so busy that I just have not kept up on that. I know we're in a retrograde right now. Um, I think it's the last one of three. And then maybe the new moon comes after that. I don't know. Astrology friends answer us on Instagram. Well, So it's a new moon right now, which means like there's no moon. Like you can't see a moon right now. It's all covered by the sun. But I feel like that has. Okay, I feel like I had read or something at some point. Uh, no, I don't even want to say it because I'm going to be wrong because I don't even know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. Well, hey, friends, if you know what um, a new moon means, let us know, please, at Beauty Guys Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So. <laughs> yeah. All it's telling me is what to do for a new moon. Oh, okay. Dance and of course, it's naked. giving me the scientific thing that it's like a cute little crescent right now. I, a little slender, slender croissant. That's I know right when now. it's a full moon, we dance naked in the pale moonlight, right? <laughs> Heck yes, we do. Yeah. But yeah. this is basically saying that you need to create space, write down your intentions, choose an affirmation, um, take a bath, uh, get stuck in the past. So I think it's all about like moving forward and like new beginnings and really like setting ground for where you want to go with that. Take a bath. Don't tempt me with a good time. I just re up on my. I've been meaning to take a bath all day <laughs> oh, and I man. keep like talking myself out of it. I don't know why. I just re upped on my Dr. Teal's. I bought the, um, instead of the Epsom salt, it's like the liquid 
bubble bath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I tried that one. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. Um, yeah, I just got the new citrus like energizing salt. How, okay, That's what how Trevor is picked that up for me? How is that scent? I'm always scared to try other scents that I'll hate it and then I'll be stuck with oh, it. Oh, I always, I always pretty much like the other ones that I try. There's a few that I don't. <laughs> I don't think I like the lavender one and one other, but for the most part, they're pretty good. I really like the um. There's like a hemp one mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I can't even remember. There's but a yeah, there's stuff. a Himalayan salt one. I liked that yeah, one. Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, I just stick with eucalyptus. You can't go wrong. With you eucalyptus. cannot go wrong. I love eucalyptus. Yeah. Um. So I want to tell you. Okay. So I started watching Squid Games on Netflix, which has become mm-hmm. which has become a, a cultural phenomenon. I don't think I can finish it. I really don't think I can finish it. It's so stressful. It is so stressful. So- I got 30 seconds in and <laughs> it was in the scene where they were beating him up in the bathroom and I'm like about to get my period. So I'm like super sensitive yeah, right now. And I like stormed out of the room. Yeah. I was like, Trevor, I can't watch this. Like, Oh my God. That's really funny. But he's loving it. Yeah. yeah. People are just it, obsessed. It's good because, okay. Did you see the Korean movie that won best picture called Parasite? No. Okay. Oh, you oh, you should watch it. That's oh, on okay. Hulu. Great, great movie. But essentially the last hour of that movie is one of those like you're on the edge of your seat, you're so stressed out. Everything is just like that high intense like um for example, you're hiding under the bed and the killer's walking around the room and you're like, "Oh my god, the killer is going to get him." And Yeah, no, thank you. I don't like that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so this show is basically that. Um they play this squid game. So um I don't think I can finish it because it's so stressful. So I went online to read how it ends. And so I'm like, okay, I think that's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah. That would make yeah. me happy to do, do it. Do you that want way me too. to tell you about it? Has Trevor told you about it? Do you want me to tell you about um, it? Um, yeah, you can give me a quick synopsis. Okay. Um, people who so the guy that you saw get beat up in the bathroom, he essentially has a lot of gambling debt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's people with a lot of debt, they get offered this thing called the Squid Games, which is a game um where you play to get a winner and the winner is gonna win like billion dollars um what they don't tell you is that the games that you're playing when you lose the game you die um (laughs) and there's only gonna be yeah and so my problem is i'm starting to develop attachments to characters of course that's what they want right they well and so the whole thing is everybody's there for a reason right like everybody's got a story like one girl is there from north korea like she escaped from north korea And you're just like, oh, shit. You know, it's like everybody's got a story. There is a guy. He's a um, Pakistani immigrant there who's just trying to support his wife and kid. Like everybody's got a story. And I'm just like so attached to like emotionally invested that I'm like, ugh, they're all going to die. They're all going to die. So um, and the games that they play are little kid games. So, Mm -hmm. for example, the first game is red light, green light. And Mm -hmm. so it's like that doll. I'm sure you've seen this doll. Uh, You've seen it and you don't realize that you've seen it. But this like figurehead, when it turns around, if you move when it's red light, she just shoots you. And it's just like, oh, my God. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. So it's like this mass death. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I will not be watching it, but I. I understand why people like it. It sounds interesting. Well, <laughs> it it um is very interesting, and it's really suspenseful. That's the word I'm looking for. Suspenseful. Um, and and I think it's. I think it's. Um, it's not like anything else on TV right now. Like you can tell, there was a lot of work put into it. Some great writing. You know, all of that. It's got all the good things. I just can't handle suspenseful stuff right now. I read somewhere that the man that wrote this has had this in the works for over 20 years and has gone broke trying to promote it and get it out there. And just now it finally got its big break, which I think stories like that are really inspiring because movies, usually someone writes it first, then you have to get someone to like, you know, film it and direct it. And then afterwards, that's when you have to hope that like a big company picks it up, Mm -hmm. you know, so a lot of times these people that have a like inspiration or an idea, they they might go broke trying to express that to the world. Aaron goes so Aaron's a movie guy. He went to film school. He always goes on this website or something called like mm, the green list or something, which are scripts that um people want to get made into movies, but they're like really good scripts mm-hmm. or whatever. So he's always talking about those. 
But then sometimes, oh yeah, sometimes we watch them as movies because someone picked them up and they turned out to be really bad. So just goes <laughs> yeah. to show you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes um, they're good. Yeah, there's a lot of bad movies out there too that got me. But yeah, some of them, you know, they're just they're just floating around waiting to be picked up. Oh, speaking of bad movies, while we were eating dinner tonight, we were watching Armageddon. It was on TV. Oh, that's a good movie. Do you remember? I don't know. I think maybe it was good when it came out when we were kids because we're watching Mm -hmm. it and we're like, oh, yikes, this is bad. Yeah, I know. I'm totally messing with you. Just um, Liv Tyler's so hot in it. Liv Tyler and then um, that song that Steven, the Aerosmith did. Yeah, the Aerosmith song. (laughs) It's like there's the Celine Dion song and the Aerosmith song. You just like know them by their Mm -hmm. one dramatic song, Mm -hmm. even though they're legends. Mm -hmm. Um, What about you? What have you been watching? Okay, so I just watched the Kevin Aquan documentary. I purchased it on Amazon Prime. It's called um, Kevin Aquan, Beauty and the Beast in Me. And Kevin Aquan is a makeup artist who was responsible for all of the faces during the 90s supermodel blow up. And he carried a camcorder and recorded everything behind the scenes. So when he passed away, they found all of this footage um so that's basically what the documentary was it was a lot of this like old footage and his old friends um, like cindy crawford and um gwyneth paltrow like speaking about kevin and sharing stories about him but they attributed the stars aligning to all of this talent coming together in that 90s era but a piece of me wonders would we have even lusted after these women if it wasn't for the faces that he painted on them and the confidence that he gave these supermodels you know Mm -hmm. like what if their look was different what if they all look like snotty little brat dolls mm-hmm. have you it would be a different vibe have you read so he has a book out right uh painting faces is faces that, yeah yeah is that what this is about that book is about this um you know making the faces like structuring the faces and sculpting them No, it really wasn't about that as much as it was about makeup. It wasn't focused on like the technique or like actual makeup. It was focused on just kind of who he was as a person and how he, um, he just how he saw a woman's face. So the painting faces book is how he initially got his start was he was obsessed with Barbara Streisand Mm -hmm. and he would take pictures of her and he would paint them and he would draw Mm -hmm. them or he would draw on pictures of her. So the painting faces is really just like a book of his like compilation Mm -hmm. of like all the artistry pages that he's done and I think it teaches makeup as well but this was just more it it was more for entertainment purposes I love all these um docs we've been getting of these like home videos the Val Kilmer the Kid 90 and now this one that's really cool I mean, it's really interesting to think about because everything's on our cell phones Mm -hmm. nowadays so it's so easy so see like they were even saying like not that he was an influencer, but you know how everybody wants to record behind the scenes. Now he was doing that with a camcorder Mm -hmm. before he even knew that any of the world would be able to see this. So um, they were saying too, that he would probably be really happy seeing all of it, but he got to meet every single person that he ever idolized. So it's just footage of him, like sitting there with Tina Turner and like Janet Jackson and all these women just saying how they have never felt so amazing as when he would do their face. And he became in such high demand and everybody was calling him and he was so booked out and he's just done every fabulous face share included. Mm-hmm. Like it, the names are astounding mm-hmm. to me, but, um, what he's, yeah, he also, he's, oh, wait, what? oh, I was going to say, he's sort of like the celebrity makeup artist. Like when you Absolutely. think of like famous celebrity makeup artists, I think of him. Yeah, it was really interesting. And um, it was talking a lot about his life. He was adopted growing up and he just had a lot of mental health with that. And um, he couldn't like give up the fact ever that he was given up for adoption. So he had abandonment issues. So it was a lot of his past lovers and boyfriends talking to just kind of like everything that um, led to his downfall in a sense. Um they were talking about the first year, I think it was like 2002 or something that he wasn't asked to the Gram. I think it was the Grammys of one of those big award shows. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Oscars and stuff like that. And basically he, um, had a, he had a tumor on his pituitary gland that caused mm-hmm. him to grow a lot faster and it put him in a lot of pain. So he had to take a lot of medication to numb that pain and, um, things just got out of control for him. Right. Okay. That's really interesting. I should watch that. Um, do you have any of his makeup or have you ever tried any of his makeup? My all-time favorite um, corrector for under the eyes that I just think is, like, the best product in the world is the Kevin Aquan um, corrector. And Mm. I hardly can ever find it in stock. But I probably look every two weeks to see if I can find it on the internet. That's how much I love that product. Where do you get Kevin Aquan makeup? 
I am not really sure. So I buy a lot mm-hmm. of my professional makeup from Friends Beauty because I have an account because mm-hmm. I'm licensed. Um, let me do a quick. No, it's okay. I just Googled. I just googled it. You can get it at Nordstrom. And yeah, I was gonna say. I think like uh, counter stores mm-hmm. still sell it. Mm-hmm. I just like. I feel like I don't. I mean, I get my makeup. Truly, I get my makeup from Ulta a little bit from Sephora. And, you know, I don't really see that there because he's like mm-hmm. he's a makeup artist, not really like a, a co- not a cover girl, you know, not a Maybelline. No offense yeah, to Maybelline yeah. or cover girl, but he was just on a different level. Oh, yeah, he was he was insane. His work was amazing. I mean, he really paved the way for the Mario's and mm-hmm. every other big artist that's out there right now. They would probably all say they look to his work at some time mm-hmm. to get inspiration or learn how to do yeah. how to do makeup. I mean, even me who like I don't know makeup artists. I really don't like I know him like I know him and I know exactly yeah. he's probably one of the most famous mm-hmm. really ever um until mm-hmm. like nowadays when you have you know the Instagram ones yeah I almost want to say he was like one of the first times that we cared about the makeup artist versus like <clears throat> the celebrity that the makeup was done on right exactly and that was a big point in the documentary of like why people loved him and mm-hmm. yeah that he was the first personality that people sought him out mm-hmm. for the makeup and even some celebrities being like I'm not working unless Kevin does my face oh man that- yeah and they said it even got to a point where he ran the set like not in a positive way you know he became mm-hmm. a little bit of a diva but um right yeah <laughs> I mean he's an artist I think that's what happens but with even artists, like wardrobe you know? stylists would be like everybody gets their certain amount of time with the client and you know if Kevin's saying that he needs extra time or if like wardrobe only got 15 minutes at the end that's just how it was and I would be really pissed off working with somebody like that you know what I mean oh yeah I'd be super annoyed I'd be super yeah annoyed. yeah that's super. that is um hard to it didn't start out that way but you know yeah. what I mean that was kind of as they got more into the documentary it was like oh gosh I understand <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. I want to tell you I got a new serum from Sephora called Faded um because mm-hmm. it was specifically recommended for post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation which is what mm-hmm. I struggle with I know you struggle with it too um mm-hmm. It is a combination of niacinamide, kojic acid, azelaic acid, and tranexamic acid, um, which when I read that, I was like, oh, those are all really good things. So um, with post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, you need something known as a tyrosinase inhibitor. I'm going to throw out some big words at you real quick. Um, cool. And Sexy. essentially, <laughs> and essentially <laughs> this blocks the pigment cycle in the melanocyte. Your melanocyte is the cell that's overproducing the pigment after a breakout. Um, mm-hmm. So you need something to kind of block that cycle, um, as well as a gentle surface exfoliant to remove the pigmented cells at the surface of the skin. But I'm so sensitive, I can't use traditional surface exfoliants like glycolic acid. I can't really do it. Salicylic acid, I can't really do too much either. Um, lactic sometimes, but it's hard to find lactic by itself. So um, I'm just really sensitive. So I've been, and then, so retinol I can use, but, you know, very gentle forms of retinol. Um, So I decided to try this route. Um, Well, I didn't, I only read those first ingredients and like didn't read any reviews or anything like that. I was like, oh, this sounds good. So it has the sulfur smell and I had no no, idea. (laughs) I had no idea when I first used it. I was like, oh my God. Um, But it is, it's super terrible. But sulfur actually is a really nice ingredient for acne. Um, I can be sensitive to sulfur. I have like, I was going to say, I remember you telling me that before. Like the UFO oil has sulfur in it, things like that. I traditionally have like bad reactions to them and I really haven't had any negative experience with the sulfur in this one. Um, pleased to announce. So I just started using it. It's been about a week. Um, I really do a slow introduction with my skincare. Um, just being so sensitive, I have to, and I recommend everybody do slow introduction to skincare. Um, but I'll keep you guys posted. So far, so good. Plus the packaging is like that pink and orange. Like you would, you would be a fan of the graphic design choices of this. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I want to shout out, um, I discovered this account. I think I found him on Twitter to be honest, but he has an Instagram. It's at Scamander14. So S-C-A-M-A-N-D-E-R 14. He has a sunscreen database. So he is a gentleman of color who has struggled with acne 
So he's very interested in skincare and he also knows the importance of sunscreen. And so he has a sunscreen database that you can just go through and look at, but you can also put filters on it. Like, does it create a white cast on his skin? Um, and so he is deeper skin tone. And so ones that say like, doesn't create white cast, they definitely do. Um, he tries American and Korean sunscreens. Um, he's got tons of sunscreens on it. So, um, give him a follow, go check out, um, his, um, sunscreen database. I was super interested in it. I gave him a shout out on our Instagram because I just thought it was so cool that he created this. I was going to say, I think you did it on the stories. Um, can you make a post for him too? Just so I people will. can just, you know, go back and see it if they want to. I would be happy to. Cool. I love that. I think that's really important what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Me too. Especially Saves people also a lot of money. <laughs> so much money. Yeah. And especially if like you're looking, cause a lot of people have specifics with sunscreen, like the formulation they want, if they want it mineral, if they don't care, if they care about white cast, if they want it tinted, if they want it a little more liquidy, like there's just, you know, there's so many preferences with sunscreen. And I think, you know, as long as you're wearing sunscreen, have all the preferences you want, you know? So if you are looking for a new sunscreen or you have preferences, preferences without sunscreen. I'll go ahead and uh, make a little post about them. Yes, please. All right, cool. All right. Do you have anything else? No, I'm ready to get into it. All right, let's do it. Speaking of Kevin Kwan, tell Lauren, tell us about contouring. What is yes, it? Yes. Let's talk about contouring. Okay. So what is contouring? Wikipedia defines contouring as a makeup technique that uses cosmetics to define, enhance, and sculpt the structure of the face or other body parts, such as breasts. 90% I know I thought that was funny that that's what they included I was like cool internet <laughs> um 90% of the time when you have placed a dark color on your face you have technically created a contour here add lightness next to the contour and you've highlighted or created contrast for this episode we're just going to focus on the contour so why would you contour this is so important for being on camera. Camera takes away 50% of the makeup applied to the face. Uh, I just want to say, by the way, I had no idea. And that makes so much sense because I'll spend so much time doing my makeup and then I go take a picture and I'm like, oh, you can't see any of it. Okay, got it. Exactly. And that's why like it's important to emphasize certain parts of the face like if you're actually doing good makeup because you want it to be picked up by the camera. Mm-hmm. Which is why yeah. you should hire makeup artists whenever you have events that you know you're going to be filmed in. Exactly. Like my day started at 7 a.m. because I had a woman that needed to be videoed on camera until 5 o'clock p.m. And I went over there with my big makeup ring light and we did her makeup and she felt so much better afterwards. So definitely hire a professional if you are going on camera. They know what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in makeup, step one is we have to perfect the canvas and make the skin tone look even. Did I say that lighting and photography also takes away the definition of the face? I don't know if I said that. No, but tell me about that. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, so if you're on camera, like say even at a wedding in natural light, that's taking away 50% of the makeup applied to the face. But if you're in a studio, like the boudoir studio that I work at, that you're like indoors and they have a lot of like flashing lights, like coming down on you, that's going to take even more definition away from the face. So that is why contouring is super important. So, um, Oh, so it's to put the definition back into things. Yeah. So basically we perfect the canvas, make the skin one even tone. And after we have this blank canvas, contouring allows us to carve out your best features and make the face appear 3D again. So an example of this is I shared on Instagram that somebody had taken a potato and actually drew a face on it. And you can see wherever the shadows are, that's where they've created the definition in the face of the potato. By the way, so. it's a hilarious picture, but it is really amazing. It's like amazing artistry, but it's hilarious. Absolutely. But it does not like hit the point home yeah. about like where to contour and make a face because we're all kind of a potato face. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just put foundation on, you know, kind of blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So scientifically, the most aesthetically pleasing face shape to the human eye is oval. Contouring can be used to get any face shape to a more oval shape or to create symmetry. And while this is fun information to know, all face shapes are beautiful. That's right. That is right. So what tools do you need to try this out? You can do a contour with liquids, creams, powders, and a small brush. 
Traditionally, contouring has been done using cool, ashy tones because they look like a natural shadow on the face. A great example of these tones was the release of the Kat Von D Shade and Light Palette. Mm -hmm. As a tattoo artist, she had a great understanding of portraits and shadows on the face and the tones used to create these shadows and contours. So look to those colors as inspiration when shopping. You want your contour shade to be one to two shades deeper than your natural skin tone. You will know if you go too dark, if you look dirty, ashy, or muddy. Okay, so I have a question about this because I I remember that shade in like contour palette and I remember the lightest contour shade, which would be something like you and I would use, is really, it's almost like a taupe, wouldn't you say? Yeah. 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 And I think that's where people mess up is they go, they think contour needs to be like brown and and Mm -hmm. like a a deep brown. But I I really don't think, I think you need to, um, and I think that's hard for a lot of people knowing what shade of contour to use based on their skin tone. And I think that's why you end up with, I mean, I remember when I worked in cosmetics, I would see a lot of girls with muddy, muddy cheeks. Yeah, usually that means that you've gone too dark in the shade. And like you're saying, Kelsey, I think people get really confused because people also use bronzer and then use the contouring Mm -hmm. technique. Um, And then that's where people get confused on color because ashy is your cool tone and then your bronzers are supposed to be more warm. But if you go in the middle to like a flat neutral brown, it's it's not a pretty look. I just realized you just made me think of this. So bronzer, we apply where the sun would naturally hit us. But contour is where a shadow would be that the sun wouldn't naturally hit. Mm-hmm. But if you oh. use a contour, which we're going to talk about this a little later too, oh, but I'm happy we're talking about it now. No, no, this is good. I wanted it all to like kind of flow more naturally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but when the picture that I posted today of Sienna where I um, put where we contoured on her, mm-hmm. I'm using kind of like one of those brown, warm shades, but it just adds more warmth to the face rather mm-hmm. than... Um, kind of like the carved out tones got it okay yeah I'm looking at her picture right now that's the the um like client picture you posted right um the one with the brown hair yes. and I wrote contour yes yeah, yeah that's my stepsister yep. oh really she's so cute okay cute I know she's so cute <laughs> okay. okay so liquids if you want to use a li- liquid you can use a foundation or a concealer For creams, they're available in balms or contour sticks. You should go listen to our Fenty episode because we talk about the Fenty matchsticks, which are great contour sticks. Um, Powders, this can be used as your only step or to set your cream or liquid. For your brushes, a fan brush is great for beginners. Uh, The Real Technique setting brush is so universal and works for everyone. If you don't own a brush that is small enough, Take a big fluffy brush and pinch it midway into the brush hairs to make the brush hair fit the shape of your face. An old school disposable sponge is great for blending and makes the product look really smooth. All right, so how do you do it? There's two main techniques you can pick and choose or combine them all. The first one is underpinning. Underpinning is when you place your contour lines all over the face and then follow up with the foundation over it. If you're new to contouring, this can make sure your contour appears soft and natural. It's also great if you want a super snatched look, you can start carving the face out in the first layer, go over it with a foundation, and then follow your contour back up with a cream and then a powder. The second way to do it is over foundation. You can get your whole face perfected, and then as your final step, swipe the contour color over foundation with a cream or powder or both. Which um, which technique do you prefer? Ooh, it depends on the face. Mm, okay. um, I pretty much on everyone do foundation and then go in with a cream and mm-hmm. then go in with a powder. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I really do like to underpin if I know the person is like really excited about makeup. And usually when they reference like loving Kim K or like that Got natural yeah. nude look. Yeah, that real like naturally sculpted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's a really good way to um, make it pack a lot of punch but not look like you're wearing a lot of product, which is my probably favorite thing to do in makeup. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to break down some universal sculpting for all faces. So the technique that we're using is swipe and blend with a brush for a natural look or press the product into the skin for a more dramatic application. So let's start with your cheekbones. Take your finger and start at the point of your ear where it meets the cheekbone. Move your finger towards your nose and just feel along where that cheekbone is. So that is where you're going to place the product. 
right under this bone. The color should hug this bone, but not go lower. If you go lower, you might kind of like droop or drag the face down a bit. I have to tell you, so I'm like trying to do this while you're talking about Me too. it. But I'm like sort of I'm I'm confusing myself. So I'm like on my jawbone. And I'm like, how do I get to my nose from my jawbone? And I realized you were saying Oh, I know. I actually (laughs) sat at the computer for a good 30 minutes today rewriting this line over and over. And I'm like, it's not coming through. I'm just going to have to laugh about it. And I'm actually glad that you called it out. So is there a better way you would explain that? No, it's in my head. It's not the tip of your ear. Like, (laughs) No, no. It's So what I think is most important is find your cheekbone. Find that bone. And that's and then you go below the bone. Yeah. And don't put it above you to feel that every time, like every time I have a client in front of me, like I take my middle finger and I push it in their skin till I feel that bone. Mm -hmm. And that's where I know. I mean, that's important to know. That's their face shape. That's where it goes on their face. Yeah. We call them um, in aesthetics. We call them landmarks to help you. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, you explained it fine. For some reason in my head, I thought jawbone instead of cheekbone. It was oh, I gotcha. Yeah. No, you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for our eyes, so look straight ahead, eyes open in the mirror, take a small fluffy brush, load it with product and place it in the center of the first area of the lid space that you can see with your eyes open. This will be right above your natural folded crease. Swipe back and forth like a windshield wiper. Now, this is the place that you, when I was saying I was having problems with eyeshadow, it's this area that you suggested I start putting my color, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, hmm, I don't remember what episode that is, but I know Lauren has a video up on our Instagram about eyeshadow placement for... Um, If you're a little confused, that might be a little helpful for you guys. Yeah. And I'll totally make another one too. I love making those little videos. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, technically this is your appropriate crease. Shadow can get lost in your actual crease. So placing it above is a bit more efficient and kind of open up, opens up the eye more. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also focus the shadow on the outer corner of the eye for a lifted effect. Most people do this and don't know that they're contouring. Yeah. I didn't realize that eyeshadow was contouring. I was just like, I'm just putting the I mean, it's really just how you think of it. You know what I mean? Are you not placing like a shadow like around your eye, kind of casing it in? No, I totally am. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay, so next let's go to the nose. So using the same type of brush you would for your eyes, draw a thin line from the beginning of the brow straight down to the end of the nose. You can also connect the nose contour to the eye contour by starting at the tip of the nose following the line upwards and making a left or right into the eye crease contour that you made. Got it. All right. So under the chin. So trace your finger under the jawbone and you're going to place your product on that jawbone. So this is so good for a, if you have a double chin, (laughs) it will kind of separate that for you and create a shadow that goes backwards. It's also really um, good for if you know, you're more mature and maybe your jawline isn't as snatched as Mm -hmm. it used to be when you were younger. It's also really nice because a lot of times there's not a lot of color difference between our neck and our um, face. So that is the first thing in pictures that can kind of like look off if you have no separation there. So just doing a little contour, um, bringing it up like right under the chin line will kind of separate that color contrast for you so this is this okay because I'm trying to look at so I'm looking at the picture that you have of JLo so Mm -hmm. it's it's sort of like underneath and a little bit on the edge of the face exactly yes and you have to blend 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 like (laughs) this is one that definitely working with photographers um I work with that the boudoir boudoir photographer Mm -hmm. Mel and she'll always come back in and be like Blend it more underneath the chin for me because, <laughs> like, you can get yourself in trouble. You really have to work it out. and But that's also where using a fan brush and dipping mm. that into the product and just kind of, like, feathering it across your face will give you a nice natural look if you're still getting t- used to contouring. Yeah. I'll say, guys, if this is a little confusing for you, Lauren has some great um, pictures of celebrities that she drew where the contour is, and it makes a lot more sense. Like, I'm looking at the pictures as she's talking about this. And that's exactly why I did it. I was like, yes, <laughs> listen and pull up the Instagram. <laughs> and then like okay, so, and then like oh, the sorry. Instagram and then share our yes. Instagram. 
Yes, shameless promotion right now happening. <laughs> All right, so the other option is the forehead, which is totally optional. Um, do this if you have a larger space for a forehead. Um, notice in the Instagram pictures that I posted, Gigi Hadid almost, she never has a forehead contour because she has the tiniest forehead and mm. it's just not necessary. Mm. Um, so place the product where you might have a recession straight across above the upper region of the forehead or in an oval shape to start creating that oval face shape. If you have a bigger face, you can contour the entire perimeter of the face to make the oval. Um, to snatch the contour, use upward angles on the cheeks and the outer eye. So that gets us into contouring versus bronzing, which we were talking about earlier. So recently the internet has shown us people using the contouring technique with a bronzer. Bronzer brings warmth to the face and shimmery bronzers can also bring more of a glow. Contour colors are cool and ashy, so that gives you more of the shadow technique. This is a great way to use the same technique, but switch your makeup look from summer to winter with just the colors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I remember when I lived up north, I used to wear bron uh, bronzer in the summer and blush in the winter. And like, I don't know why I had that like in my head, but I was like, this is how you do makeup. And and now I just wear both whenever I want. But I mean, I live in Florida, so I don't have seasons either. So yeah, isn't that funny, though? So many people have like so many rules stuck in their head. And I'm like, why? Why rules, guys? Yeah. Who <laughs> made makeup, up these let's rules? Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> no one made up these rules. We just make them for ourselves. Yeah, we do. We like to put ourselves in a prison. Mm -hmm. uh, so what else can I contour? You can contour your boobs mm -hmm. by putting foundation on the chest to even it out and then start from the point of your cleavage and make a half arc with the contour product and then blend it out. Mm -hmm. um, you can contour abs, mm -hmm. map out those side obliques or draw on a six pack. You can also contour your collarbone by swiping under the collarbone and then add some highlight on top of the actual collarbone. It is chef's kiss. Yeah. And I want to say um, the boobs and collarbone contouring and highlight you see on most celebrities on red carpet. So don't don't think they have these like amazing natural collarbones and jaw lines and noses and things. A lot of what you're seeing is the power of makeup. Absolutely. And don't be afraid to do it. It's definitely even something in bridal work that I ask how low their dress comes down. And if they're wearing something lower, I think it's important to do that because we always have like a little, you know, sunspot on our mm -hmm. chest or something that's like not even and that's okay. And that's normal. And that's natural. And thank you for saying that, Kelsey. Oh, of course. You're welcome. This mm -hmm. was great. I learned. I feel like I learned so much. I love when you do episodes and then I learn things. Oh, thank you. I was hoping I was like trying to be really educational on this because it, it means a lot to me. And I feel like I've really studied it a lot. <laughs> okay, so my questions for you, what tell me some of your top favorite contour products, I was going to ask you one, but I knew you wouldn't be able to tell me one. So t you can tell me a few. Actually, I use about the same thing on everyone. So I go in for my cream contour with either Graftobian, which is a professional brand of cream makeup, or I use the Fenty um, matchsticks. I have them melted in like a little view set thing and whatever their color is, I go in with the cream contour first. And then I always, always, always follow up with the hourglass um, bronze nude light. It's beautiful. Ooh, and that that's a bronzer that yeah, yeah I don't do too much of the ashy contour mm -hmm. I was like teaching it more just like the technique mm -hmm. um but I think with tr what's trending currently right now in makeup is more of that bronzy Blake mm -hmm. Lively you know natural kind of contour so I usually go in with bronzes it, it makes bridesmaids more happy well and I was also going to say with you being in the south and your clientele they probably want more of that kind of um glowy bronzy look you are so right and they yeah. always have a crazy spray tan on oh yes. I meant to tell you this I thought that I needed to go like learn more about skin conditions the other day okay, at a wedding and then I realized after the third or fourth girl that it was just all of them had exfoliated their spray tan on their face so it just had little speckles around the hairline and I was just like <laughs> spray tans are a lot dude they're just a lot to navigate in makeup they always will be it's just a different coloring it does weird things to your face I don't 
That's really funny. You were like, I, what am I putting my makeup brushes on right now? Exactly. Or can I help these people or should I exfoliate this? I don't know. And I'm like, oh God, it's just splattered spray tan. There is a, um, there is something, a type of fungus called sun fungus, which people get, and I don't think they realize it's a fungus, but they're like splotchy white patches. Um, and you see, I, you, I see them now on like teenagers who are like on swim team or just like teenagers just being like out being teenagers at the beach and the pool and everything like that. Um, I feel like now that you've explained it, I've seen it a lot pretty often too. Yeah, you probably have. Yeah. Everyone Google sun fungus. Um, It's not, I mean, it's not contagious. It's not bad. Blah, blah, blah. It's just like something that happens. But yeah. when you the like what you're describing to me, I would instantly be like sun fungus. Yeah, <laughs> you have sun fungus. Just blurt it out, sun uh-huh. fungus. Everyone here has a sun fungus. Yeah, <laughs> my sister sent me a picture of my nephew on his swim team with some of his friends, and I replied, "Oh, that one boy has sun fungus." Um, <laughs> no, and it was like silence. No one replied. I'm like, cool. Kelsey ruins everything. All right, right, awesome. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, well, okay. So the other thing I wanted to ask is, um, I was going to ask you what powder you set your contour with, but you said the hourglass, right? Yes. Always. I love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I also use, um, I also like the Tarte. I also like the Milani. They have a like very silky bronzer and it actually is more on a taupey ash side. So if I do feel like somebody kind of wants to be more sculpted like that, I will go in with that color. Is that the Milani's matte bronzer? I think it might be. Yeah, because there's no shimmer in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a circle, kind of a big circle Exactly. Pan. And it, there is the word silk like in the product and it really does go on like silk. It's it's mm-hmm. very beautiful and I think it's very um, beginner user friendly. You can't mess it up too much. It comes in shade one, two or three. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, just go with one, very easy. And usually it's under $10 because it's at Ulta or um, mm-hmm. Target and it's, a, it's considered a drugstore brand, but really, really nice quality. Okay. And then the last thing I wanted to ask you have you ever used the Kevin Aquan contouring isn't his contour powder but I've always wanted to yeah Yeah, he has this one that's like a neo bronzer Mm. or something with it but I've seen it used um on camera and it looks amazing I would love to try it yeah I I feel like that's the one like you know I watch a lot of YouTube and I watch a lot of beauty YouTubers yeah I feel like a lot of beauty gurus have that Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like they do too um and it's so small and so expensive (laughs) Yes, it really is. <laughs> it looks like a single eyeshadow and, and it's like. It does. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I don't even know how you get your brush all the way in there. I don't know, but it, it's pretty. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, th- I think that's all the questions I have about contouring. This was great. I learned so much. Um, And again, I really encourage everyone to go look at the Instagram and go look at the pictures because Lauren did a really great job. And also, can we just talk about you used pictures from my favorite Met Gala um, the year that it was like, I think it was Vatican themed or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, 2018. Fan- fantastic year. Just chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Yes. And everybody wants to look like Blake Lively. Like when I everybody. posted that and said that, it's so true. And I was at my friend's salon Friday doing a wedding and she was doing another um, bride next to me. And that bride was talking about... I want the Blake Lively look. I loved her to th- her Met Gala. And I'm like, yes, it, it. everybody wants to look like that. Like that is the look. It's timeless. It's classic. And it's a full face of drugstore makeup. Can you believe it? No, I can't. I can't believe that. No. Wait, is it really? It is. Yeah. Her makeup artist used all L'Oreal. I think it was L'Oreal products. Oh, my God. That's... Yep. All L'Oreal products. Oh, you know, they're basically Lancome products. I mean. True, true, true. What did it, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, and she looks great. She She's such like the classic like girl next door, but she's beautiful and bronzed. Absolutely. That's it. That's what everybody wants to look like. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so should we get into what made us happy this week? Yeah, you go first. Okay. I am so happy it's October. Um, this is my favorite time of year. I am – so I like October and I like spooky stuff. But the reason I like spooky stuff is because it's pre-Christmas. And I love Christmas. And my Christmas celebration starts November 1st. I can skip Thanksgiving. I don't really care about Thanksgiving. I am here for the Christmas. I love Christmas magic, Christmas spirit. So to me, Halloween spooky season just feels like pre-Christmas. And so I get really excited about it. Um, I also would like to report it's no longer 90 degrees every day in Florida. So we've been having some pleasant 85 degree days, which when it's been like 99 degrees, 85 feels wonderful. And, you know, you're like, ooh, it's chilly out. 
Um, and our humidity is low and it's like, I don't feel like I'm dying every time I take the dog out. And so it's just nice. I'm glad it's here. I feel like summer's over. I don't really like the summer in Florida. I could do without I, it. I hate the Southern summers. Yeah. The only thing I like about it is we get really awesome rainstorms and mm-hmm. I like that, but I just feel like it's like, you know, this happiest time of the year. It's going to be spooky and then it's going to be Christmassy and I love it. I love that. Yeah, it's a good time. I like Um, all the decorating, too, for this time of year. Yeah. Tell me what made you happy. Um, I've been super busy with work. That makes me really happy. But especially this week, um, I kind of it was it was a little bit of a crazy start off of the wedding weekend, but I felt very appreciated and I felt like even though shit was hitting the fan around me, people really loved my makeup and that's all I really ever care about. And, um, I was just getting a lot of good feedback from not only the people whose makeup that I was doing, but also the people that I work for that were just like, thank you. Like we haven't been able to find a lot of people that are working for us and your work is just, you know, elevated, which makes me feel really good. Cause you know, I've just worked during this pandemic of just like, trying to be the best at my craft mm-hmm. that I can be. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's such um, being a makeup artist and and I can understand that because it's like being an esthetician is like you put your heart into this. Like this is oh your work. Gosh. This is your yes. talent. And so, and you just want, you just want people to like it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's so personal. It's intimate with the client and it's personal what we do. And it's all about, you know, our choices with things and, and us trying to do our best. And, and so anytime you get amazing feedback, feedback like that it's like oh my god it's almost like this is why I do this this is absolutely and it's just so nice to like be around positive people again I was like really in a situation where the community that I was around me was a little bit toxic and I felt like not trying to lift me to that next place and I felt like I was also stuck in this way of makeup where I was just trying to like let my makeup blend into everything but Mm -hmm. um you know I work with my friend Ash who does this amazing hair that is next level like no other and I remember her being like bitch my hair is the main focus I don't care if the bride has a million dollar couture dress they're gonna look at my hair (laughs) and be like yes and I just live for that energy and that's kind of how I felt with makeup I'm like yeah, I want them to be like, wait, who did that face? Mm-hmm. You know, like over everything else. And it's okay to want to be that. And it's mm-hmm. okay to want to be awesome and be the best. And I feel like I, that's a lot of um, me healing my inner child as well. Cause it makeup be my hyper focus. I've always loved to do it. And I feel like anything I've really tried to do in life there, I've always had the hater that's like, oh, she thinks mm. she's all that or like, look at her trying so hard. And that kind of has gotten to me, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to put that in the past. And if those kind of people come into my life, I'm like, screw you. Yeah. (laughs) I don't need you to bring me down to your level. (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, you know, we're taught not to brag or boast and to be humble. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing amazing things that you tried really hard to do and you work really hard at and like you're constantly studying and perfecting and learning and everything like that. And you work really hard and you have amazing results now. And I think it's okay to be proud of what you're doing because you're doing you're doing amazing, sweetie. Thank you, Kelsey. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm really proud for you. And I, it's cool um, as your friend and as your podcast co-host to see all these amazing opportunities come your way. Oh, thanks, Queen. You're welcome. All right, guys. This is us signing off. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening. Give us um, some stars and give us some feedback on Apple Podcasts. Share us with your friend. DM us. Let us know um, anything you want to tell us. Um, share us with your friends. Share us with your mom. I bet your mom would want to listen to us. She seems real nice. Um, and we'll talk to you guys <laughs> your later. Your mom seems nice. <laughs> yeah, your mom seems nice. I bet she would like this podcast a lot. Yeah. We're- and, um, titty shake at the tambourine bye bye